Welcome. I'm your host, Julian Moss-Backman, and this is Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. Oh, I hope that you're having a nice day as we are in the Midwest here. It is just gorgeous out. And what a better day to have a show, but ironically, if you've been paying attention, today is the first day of spring also known in some circles as the spring equinox. So happy spring equinox to each and every one of you. Now in astronomy, in astronomy terms, I knew I couldn't say that word. Astronomy, oh, whatever. Anyway, in the terms and what it means in that, the science realm, let's just call it, it is where the day time equals the same amount of evening time. And it's also filled with lots of folklore and mystic impressions. So it all depends on where you're coming from. If you're a scientist or you're a mystic and love folklore and old-time ancient stories, you know there's a bunch of translations and then the rest of us just kind of fit in the middle. But, you know, as you think about it, today is a good synchronized day and a perfect balance between light and dark, day and evening, sun and moon. It's a great day today to examine all the issues that are at the top of that list for you. And we all have a list of what we want to get resolved right now or in the next coming weeks or months. Take advantage of this energy of this auspicious day and you'll be able to see full view the good and bad of your decisions and it'll be rooted in good wisdom, apparently, according to folklore, if you're able to make a decision today. Now, according to sciences, the strange thing about today is that this day, this spring day, March 20th, is one of the earliest dates on record of the century. I guess the last date that it came this early was in 1896. Now, I don't know where any of you guys live, but I live in the middle of America, and it's just been this really warm winter. So spring was somewhat of an uneventful event, except everybody's out playing earlier. So it is rather cool that we have this neat date today and we get to live through it. Now I have a lot of gardener friends and this signals the day from planet Earth to begin planting your seasons and your spring bulbs and your grass and your flowers once again. Now for me, I don't know what you guys do, but this is my time to take action in my closet. I am a closet shopper. I love to shop all the time. So it's the time to purge and take out my winter sweaters and dig out the spring and summer shorts. But I don't know if you're like some, like I'm like a lot of people. I take the stuff out and go, oh, I don't even want that anymore. So then I have to go shopping again. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) What is fun about it is that it blends in perfectly with the show that I had last week in the series called Power in the Quiet Moments. And we were talking about designing that sacred space to create a wonderful environment for meditation. Jill Angelo from Your Space of Grace joined me on air last week, and she was stressing this 
point of how essential it is to see our homes and any of our living spaces as sacred and how our accoutrements, i.e. our stuff, that we stock in our homes and our cars and our backyards actually give off a lasting impression and can really affect our feelings, our emotions, and even our overall health and wellness. She gave a bunch of different examples. I especially like the example of her and, and what she was talking about when people hang pictures up in their houses of people that they have maybe a tumultuous relationship with in the past, but yet we keep it in our sacred space. What she was trying to explain there is that it really throws the person off balance, and all of those kind of things add value, and they can either add a negative or a positive value to your energy and your sacred space. I thought she did a lovely job at explaining in realistic terms for all of us how we need to start viewing our space that we live in and how we can change it right away. She used that funny example uh, to demonstrate how unconsciously we create negative environments without even recognizing it in our brains. She used that whole thing that all of us have done in the past, the infamous exercise machine. She was explaining that this machine, you know, if you don't use it, and most of us have these in our homes, and we leave them laying around and hardly do it, and she said that it actually can cause a perpetual madness for shame and even guilt every time you walk past it. I thought that was a super example of explaining how shame, which is a negative connotation to it and guilt as well can be present in our sacred spaces and we're not even aware of what we're doing. She gave a lot of concrete and cost-free ways to avoid these kind of pitfalls in our own space and how to start taking back our space of grace and really make it into some place that's good for meditation and just overall calm living. You can go back to Blog Talk Radio on my page, Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, and re-listen to that show. I believe it was March 15th last week. Now, I really want you to make a promise to yourself on this day. Go back and listen to some of Jill's suggestions by removing all of that negative junk and really bring in the new on this day. You know, the weather's so great out there. There's really no excuses for the majority of us. Today, take the time to open the windows and the doors. Get that stale winter energy out of your houses and really bring in and make room for some new positive spring energy that comes through. You can always tell people start getting a little giddy up in their step when it comes to spring because it's time to get out of our burrows and out into the world. It's really a fantastic way to set yourself up for the best meditation sessions you've ever had. 
Now, last week, I went over lesson two, and I gave the best advice that I had, which was you really need to know yourself first before jumping straight into meditation. I really think this is a problem that people do. They get so excited about meditating, and they see other people and the results that they have in their own personal life. They want to just start right in the middle. Well, in that show, I talked about different kinds of meditation. Walking meditation, if you're an extrovert, an A-type personality that many people call that. Or an introvert, which is a person that's more calm, and how the traditional method of meditation would be best for you. Again, go back to my website or blog talk radio on my page, Change Already, and you can re-listen to that show as well. Now, let me just state and remind you that all of my shows are only 30 minutes long. So I really give quick bullet points that get you started and get your mind going into doing something different in your life. Keep in mind that after every session that I do, I post these original detailed exercises that I have written over the years, and I put them in an ebook version for anyone to get. So when you listen to those shows, know that that's just a beginning point, and after this series is done, the Power Series in the Quiet Moments, I will be writing and, and posting the ebook version, but go ahead and re-listen to get you started. Now, I classify meditation as a self-help therapy. Now, when I talk about self-help therapy, I mean that anybody can do this anywhere in the world, at any time anyone chooses throughout their lifetime. It's not bordered by how old you are, how young you are, what nationality or anything or ethnic background, anything. It's all about self-help and getting that own personal wellness that we're looking for. There's lots of different ones out there. And to a certain extent, I consider yoga and Tai Chi as also self-help meditative kinds of therapy. Now, in this last lesson, lesson three, I'm going to be going over three main types of meditations that I have found work best for me. I've had the privilege of working with so many masters across the world that these are the main ones that I see them always talking about. They are grounding meditations, emptying meditations, and replenishing meditations. I want to talk about each one of those and give you specific detailed advice on how you can start working that program in your own home. But before I do that, I want to share a story with you that demonstrates this point about self-help. I was working with a client a couple years ago, I think, who was very eager to incorporate meditation into her daily routine. She had already started attending several sessions with a different teacher, and I don't know who it was, and I didn't ask, in a group study. Now, after every 
meditation session, the teacher would open the floor for post-discussions. Now, almost every student except my client started reporting these great stories and that they received messages and visions during their meditative time and their quiet sessions together. Everyone was talking about their stories except the person I was working with now. She felt so rejected by her personal experience that she wasn't getting these grandiose messages and visions. So I asked her the obvious question, which was, well, what are you getting to your meditation session? And she looked at me very sadly, and this, her, you know, her whole demeanor just kind of dropped. And she told me that all she ever saw was a bright light that would be coming up from the distance and moving closer in towards her as she went deeper inside herself. Well, you can imagine that wasn't the answer I was expecting. The majority of the time you hear about mind chatter, people can't get quiet, they don't see anything, they get very frustrated. And my first reaction was I too was feeling very sad for her. I had great empathy for my client because what she didn't really realize is that she was way ahead of the group because the ultimate goal of the exercise of meditation is to be filled with this white light, to become inundated with the parts of this essence of this white light. It's very simple vision, and it's very quiet, and it creates the, the essence of nothingness, which is what we were supposed to be doing. In, in reality, she was doing nothing wrong, but the other people were getting different kind of visions than her, and she had received the greatest gift over all of them. She said to herself, I must be doing something wrong, Then, and left her with feelings of incompleteness, like she was not doing it right compared to other people. My first response to her after I thought about it was I just told her that's pure foolishness, complete foolishness. And I'm going to tell you why I said this to her right after this short break. I'll see you on the other side on Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice.
Welcome back to Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. I'm Jillian Moss-Backman. Now, before the break, I shared a story about one of my students that came to me, a client, and she was sharing her introduction into the art of meditation, the first go-round. She was feeling defeated because her meditation experiences, as I told you before the break, were not like those around her. And after more failed attempts at home, she told me, she just kept seeing this pure white light. She had come to me because she wanted to identify what she was doing wrong, and she wanted me to help her fix the problem with her meditation. Really? I could just think in my head, it's like, oh my gosh, I I don't even know where to begin with this lady to explain to her that she had done everything perfectly, I suppose the word is right. And I was frustrated because how could something so simple and pure as meditation be misconstrued to the place where it was creating more angst in my client than the ultimate goal of meditation, which is always calm, Once I figured out what we were working with, I started to unravel unravel the meditative mess that she had got herself in. And it wasn't the mess from her visions or what she was seeing. It was what she had been taught prior to coming to me and what was in her mind of what meditation looked like. I explained to her that she had been gifted with the vision of pure light and that that was the ultimate vision we should all be seeking. The problem came to her because it was very easy for her to get there. She didn't have to do all the drama of stopping the mind chatter. She took very little effort on her behalf. She just was able to close her eyes and use that synchronized breathing that I talked about last week and go into her world untethered into inside of herself where that pure essence of white light exists and resides in each one of us. Now, I have had the privilege of having very good master teachers in my life, and I'll be quite honest with you. I've never heard any of them mention about seeking vision quests or retrieving answers from our past, our present, or future. In fact, I've always heard them tell me that it's the complete opposite. They're constantly bringing home the essence of understanding that you are trying and going to a goal of nothingness, meaning it's the pure white light of nothingness, beyond words, beyond visions, beyond messages that we all aspire to be, and that's where we feel the essence of spirit. You know, in some strange way, as I started using my own methods of meditation, I really started seeing meditation becoming, I don't want to call Americanized, but it was taking on its own genre, which I believe is a great thing. Some people don't. I do. But when you look at the fringes and the outside classes of meditation, for some reason, 
it's almost become like our new 60s drug quest where we're going to go get these vision quests. Now, there is a group of people that actually conduct vision quests, and it gives you clarity to your past, your present, and future choices. It's an actual kind of meditation, but it is set forth in the very beginning, this is what you're doing. I love those kind of meditation vision quests, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about receiving clarity and quieting the mind. There are vision quests that are very good, and you can find them in certain populations all over America. And they are good for that internal, external advice if you're looking for some kind of connection to a higher source. Now, last week, I left the show in the area of the techniques of breathing. It's that one universal mechanics that every teacher teaches. Everybody has to learn how to do the breathing mechanics first because it is the gateway to calming the mind and then the body will follow. I want you to practice that breath as much as you can in small increments. Try the exercise when you're at your desk at work and you have a few moments of downtime. Try it while you're cooking, while you're standing up and cooking for your family. Any time that you feel that you have a moment of silence. I actually like doing breathing. I've told you a million times that I love my car. I love taking a moment of silence and doing deep breaths right before I turn on my car. I have no, I can't tell you why, I have no idea why that fits in my thing, maybe because of all the road rage, who knows. But it's a place where I can breathe and get in a calmer disposition before I start. Now, I want to take those breaths and go into those three main meditations that I talked about in break before the break. I want to talk about grounding exercises in meditation, emptying the body, meditations, and replenishing the mind, body, and spirit. Let's start with the meditation of emptying the body first. When I think of this meditation, you're going to laugh, but you know I'm a big visual person, and I think of that show, I Dream of Jeannie. Do you all remember it? Jeannie was that, um, what was she, you know, the lady in that show that could get into the bottle. And she was like, um, oh, I don't know what she was, Jeannie. Anyway, Jeannie's house was a small little bottle. Do you remember? It was a beautiful bottle with a long neck and a big base. She literally had to shrink her whole body in order to get through the bottleneck into her home. Now, I share this example because most people want to sit down and start downloading and replenishing the mind, body, and spirit through meditation first before emptying the vessel. So if you think of Jeannie, she had to shrink everything down, get rid of the excess, and get to, in order to get to her home at the bottom of the bottle. That is what emptying meditations are to do. 
We have to empty our vessel first, the body, the mind, the soul, before we can do it. So here's the suggestion I have on meditation for emptying your body, mind, and soul. I want you to find your sacred space, and I want you to sit. Now, you can sit cross-legged. You can sit however you feel comfortable in doing that. I want you to close your eyes and with intent, close your eyes. Then I want you to kick into that breathing suggestion and do that rhythmic breathing as much as you need to, as much as you feel yourself coming down and getting calm. Now, before you go and do all this, I want you to get pieces of paper just eight by 10 pieces, sheets, regular of copy paper. And I want you to lay it on the undominant side of your body. We're not going to use our dominant side. We're going to use the one, the undominant side, I suppose. And I want you to take a pen with you. So we're all set up. We're going to close our eyes. We're going to sit. And now what we're going to do is breathe and scribble. When you start scribbling with your undominant hand, the mind starts emptying itself automatically. When we have trouble, the biggest thing everyone says is you can't get through the mind chatter. Well, part of the reason that mind chatter comes up is because we keep looping in our brain. One concept links to another concept which leads to another word and a sentence and then we have paragraph. What we're going to do is literally shut down that part of our brain so to speak and we're going to transpose all those intellectual thoughts in through the pen and onto the piece of paper. Now when you are doing the piece of paper it's about scribbling. This is not about journaling. Journaling has a different rationale and reason for doing it. This is about energy. This is about emptying the body of all the energy that you have inside of it. When you're able to put it in scribbles and take it out of the word genre, things start happening. You start, the mind chatter will start coming down. You'll see your energy will start flowing down. And I want you to scribble as much as you possibly can until you're empty. Here's the last point you need to hear. Do not look at it. When you're done, I want you to crumple up the piece of paper and start again. And do it as much as you can until you feel completely empty. Next week, I want you to come back. We're going to talk about how to ground meditate and how to replenish meditate. And I want you to do this emptying exercise meditation as much as you possibly can. But between now and then, I want you to remember, especially today when we're going to do this meditative series, Change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. I'll see you next Tuesday when we add the next two meditation suggestions 
to our lesson three of power in the quiet moment. 